excellence expected. The Inspirational Business Advice Podcast. Hello and welcome to Excellence Expected. My name, as ever, is Mark Asquith. This week I have a real treat for you guys out there who are struggling with Google. And frankly, don't we all? As a business owner, Google, as you know, is so, so important. But sometimes it can be seen as a little bit of a dark art. Well, this week I'm joined by a guest who has spent a career becoming an expert in all things Google and all things digital marketing. With me is Mr. Tom Parling. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much, Mike. Welcome. Pleasure to be on the show. Good to have you. So tell me about the business. Tell me about uh, Osea. First of all, am I pronouncing that correctly? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're pretty much close to pronouncing it correctly. Yeah. So technically it's called Osea, but Osea is, is, is fully acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've been uh, we've established since uh, 2009. Um, and as you say, we're involved with uh, SEO, so search engine optimization and internet marketing uh, around that as well. So things like pay-per-click, other forms of Google advertising, uh, creating content uh, and kind of the broad spectrum of, of online marketing. Um, in addition, in addition to that, we uh, we do quite a lot of online lead generation as well. So we actually own about 30, 40 uh, different websites online, um, which which generate leads in different industries. And then we we qualify and then sell those leads onto onto businesses. So you kind of like uh, for UK listeners, um, uh, a company like Money Supermarket, exactly what they do, but on a kind of small, much smaller scale. Um, and and that's what we do really. So you've got quite uh, quite a number of fingers in a number of pies, and I guess it's all using search tactics to generate traffic through to those niche sites as well. Then is that uh, does it all tie together everything that you do? Yeah, absolutely. And and what we discovered was that um, through delivering kind of SEO and, and online marketing services to businesses uh, kind of around the world, all people really want is is the leads or the sales that come off the off the back of this. You know, they they pay for an SEO you know, pay for an SEO project. And the aim of that is to bring in more business, bring in, you know, more leads, etc. So we thought, um, you know, wh- why don't we really try and put our heads together uh, here and use the best of the knowledge that we've picked up um, to, to try and do this for ourselves and then sell the cost per lead base um, businesses that are interested. Uh, and this is I mean, it's a huge industry and actually the fastest growing technology company in the country uh, called MVF Global uh, are doing exactly that. And uh, they've grown up to like, I think over 20, 25 million pound revenue from a standing start um, in 2009. So, you know, fantastic story there. And uh, I think even they're, they're hiring 100 people in 100 days now in, in central London. So you can see kind of what growth they're, 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 they're moving towards. Wow. So there's real potential for everyone sort of from, uh, well, from online marketing, from digital marketing. And, and you know, there's, there's money to be had, isn't there? There is. I don't want to invite too many people into the marketplace, there, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a great opportunity, and and we see it like you know, if we can use our knowledge to you know our internet marketing knowledge to to build and promote these sites, and we, we put our own money where our mouth is, um, and you know if we can do that successfully and it works, obviously we can see great rewards from it. And obviously, if we're not good enough and it doesn't work, then you know we shouldn't be in business. So fortunately, we're making we're managing to make it work very well. Yeah, that's right, and it's it, it's key to your success is the skill that you guys have acquired over the years in, in developing tactics and, and strategies for search engines and other other obviously uh, digital platforms as well. So. 
it's quite interesting to see where you've come from. So, Tom, I just would like to talk about that for a second, actually. We know about Assair, and we know mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that uh, moving forward in the podcast. But where did you come from? What's Tom Piling's background? <laughs> where did I come from? Yeah, so um, so 20, 27 years old at the, at the moment, um, and I'm actually from, from Norwich in, the, in East Anglia. And uh, I suppose my background really is... Um, is I've always been a little bit of an entrepreneur, uh, kind of through school and through uh, university, and and I uh, had a kind of a few small projects in the past. Like I, I ran a like a very small sort of e-commerce shop selling um, like uh, con- console accessories and stuff online while I was at uni, uh, and that was that was good, and it, and it made like a reasonable profit, pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, and yeah, so I. Um, fr- from there, I, I actually had to put that put an end to that because I needed to actually like, finish and not fail my degree. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to kind of put that to one side, as so not to disappoint my family and, and kind of fail my degree. So um, did a degree in in, in business um, here in in Cheltenham. So we're actually based in in the southwest now. Um, but I tend to go into into sort of London uh, every kind of couple of weeks as well. We've got quite a few clients there, uh, etc. But my my sort of journey, if you like, um, as I say, I had this. Uh, sm- this small e-commerce business, which was good and, and had a reasonable profits. So I thought, oh, if I can do that on a small scale, what I should do is create a big e-commerce business, a big store, and then I can, you know, make make loads of money. <laughs> that was the idea anyway. So I I, I did that as a project um, and essentially almost bankrupted myself um, inside a year. I spent all the profits that I'd made and previously to that um, building this site and developers on an hourly ticker, just ticking away like costs going up um not not getting any closer to, to kind of building the site um and eventually almost made uh, run out of money um so <laughs> uh i was and it was at that point where i was kind of um i was i was looking to buy some seo services as well and and we kind of analyzed what i analyzed what i was getting for the seo services and and it was just really poor for the money and sort of from there i just thought hang on a minute you know this is this is poor work and i, I swear if i looked into this i could do a better job um, and that was that was pretty much how I started. And um, you know, being very familiar with computers and the internet, always been strong on the internet. And I've been online since like '97 or something, so quite an early adopter. Um, you know, I, I learned very quickly all about SEO, etc. And I've always been able to get on with people and explain stuff very well. Uh, or, you know, kind of take jargon and explain it quite, quite, um, you know, quite clearly to to kind of people from off the street, if you like. Um, and it was from doing that, that that I just built up some clients and and then and then gone from there. And that's really the background. And that was kind of years ago. And then here we are today. Well, that's quite interesting. So you you, you actually so, again solved your own problem. It's a it's a trend that's cropping up more and more. The more I interview people for Excellence Expected, people create businesses to solve their own problems, and. Your testament to that, and Acer, I guess, is is testament to that fact as well. And let's talk about where Acer came from. Then, where did the idea come from to do this commercially for other people? So instead of doing it for yourself in your own e-commerce business, how did you get into selling that service? I just think um, we we it was just a realization that we could provide the service, and people would 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 quite readily buy it for you know pretty decent monthly fees. Um, and it, and you know I just thought, hang on a minute, you know, this is what. I was aware of what people were selling, and we got clear breakdowns on what people were, um, you know, what they were offering for which whichever fee, and you know, kind of looked at it in detail and thought, okay, well, I think we could we can do this. And um, you know, when we started seeing results, it was when it was when we started seeing results. I mean, I, we didn't just start selling anything. You know, we were doing it for ourselves, and we adopted various practices, and and, and it started to work, and we started to get great results. And I remember we got a couple of really big keywords for uh, reduce 
in relation to electronics, consumer electronics on the front page of Google. And I was like, wow, you know, this is actually working really well. And it proved to be excellent. So with us, then we, I noticed that, you know, I needed to raise some funds as well and, and, and kind of get some clients on board um, due to the fact that I, I just wasted all my money uh, on this e-commerce store that never worked in the end. Um, so I, I went out and just posted loads of stuff online, you know, trying to get work uh, and just managed to attract people. And the, the first, first ever customer, was a um, was a policeman from uh, South Wales, I think, and uh, yeah, it was a really small deal. It was like one hundred and seventy five dollars or something. I think it's in dollars because the the kind of medium that we met, and um, and yeah, just executed that work. He was really happy. I remember I had to, had to work all weekend <laughs> to kind of do it and learn as I was going along, and and it was good and had a good relationship. And then it was just you know one client after the next, and then before you know it, we'd have a dozen, and then upwards from there, really. That's a true hard work story. I think we've all been there, haven't we, with the, uh, with the long weekends and the, the 2 a.m. finishes. And that it just goes to show that that actually does pay off, doesn't it, in the early days? Absolutely. And I think even in the, uh, even in the current days, you know, it, you have to work hard. And, and you, I mean, you don't have to work hard, but if you're not working hard, then, or someone else, if the company's not working hard, then you're not going to move forward. Um, so that's a key thing, you know, that I've been recommending and not recommending, but been been saying that, you know, hard work really is the, is the factor with all of this. Okay, so that's a say. That's where a say came from, and Tom Parlin, where you came from. Let's talk a little bit now around how you actually help people as a business. Then, so there are there's a, a plethora of listeners out there who are struggling with search engine marketing or digital marketing on the whole, and we did touch on briefly what you guys do. But just tell us in a little bit more depth how you actually help people generate more income. Yeah, so um, what we do is we, we, we don't build websites at all. We don't d- design websites. Uh, so people come to us and they've normally got their own website, their existing business, but they're looking to get better visibility of that uh, business. So they want it to be more visible than their competitors. So, for example, when someone's searching in Google, they want to be above their competitors. They want to get more, probably more inquiries coming through the site or more sales coming through the site. Um, and they want to, you know, they just want to, really try and take the site to the next level really and they know they should be kind of pushing the online element so that's where we come in and normally for a a monthly fee we will work to um, firstly we can manage the Google advertising so we can make sure that they've got loads of really highly effective ads displaying to the right people at the right times on Google um, and also make sure they're not wasting money to Google which is kind of how they set it up Google set it up for you Um, and also organically so Trying to make sure people, you know, rankings in a, in a natural search listings are, are as high as possible. And it's a since 2012, the last couple of years, it's been a real tough slog for site owners, business owners with SEO, and a lot of people that have invested money in it in the past have seen this investment, you know, fall by the wayside as Google have come out with various algorithms that we'll probably touch on later. Um, so we've done a lot of kind of fix-up work as well um, with that. So if someone's you know, suffering from a Google penalty or some kind of, you know, say they, they ranked really highly and they were looking really good on Google and then last year something happened and now they, they're not in the top 10 pages, we can help analyze that. We can help fix that basically. And and we were actually, you know, we've fixed over 100 penal, manual uh, Google penalties now, which is, you know, insane really. And, and you know, there's, we see less of it these days, but it's still something. So that's how we help people. Um, and with the lead generation as well, um, we have, so as I say, people tend to, to want to get more lead sales or inquiries out the back of, from this investment and not just obviously, you know, um, get their, their money, uh, burn their money if you, if you like. So we, 
we actually offer a lead generation service on a cost per lead basis. Uh, we do that in certain industries. So um, a massive one for us is renewable energy, solar, solar, uh, solar power in particular. And we're one of the largest solar lead generators. Um, so we help. It's quite difficult for them to generate their own leads. They have to literally go like door knocking, door canvassing and or cold calling. Uh, often which is hard and annoys people so we we've got as i say 40 websites that will sell the leads at a, 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 an agreeable price uh, and then they, there's down to them guys to to you know set their sales reps on them and that's you know a massive part that's grown from nothing up to you know pretty substantial um so that, that's kind of how we work that's really insightful especially the lead generation side and the we talked about it earlier the importance of google on the whole to everything you guys do but also I know from experience talking to other business owners that not everyone really sees the benefit of Google, but what we're actually coming to realize now is that actually Google's vital to probably 99% of businesses, isn't it? And, and search engines on the whole and digital marketing is vital regardless of the industry or the sector that you're in. That's, that's right. Um, I would say that, but I'd also also say that um, in the past people have thought oh I need to be ranked on you know the front page of Google I need to spend loads of money on SEO to, to kind of get you know sales and leads in but nowadays it's much more of an integrated approach um, by that I mean that um, you know SEO is, is, is morphed into a whole plethora of things um, you know so the, the digital marketing landscape now is heavily revolved around content, around potentially videos, audio, uh, you know, mediums like this podcast. You know, is is, is a form of marketing, and so it, it's, it's it's changed massively. And um, you know, it's not just about SEO these days. And there's different ways to generate leads. And you know, we use SEO to generate our leads, but we use a lot of other um, means as well, such as you know, paid search, display advertising, affiliate uh, marketing, um, native advertising, which is a brand new thing we use a lot of that so there's there's other ways as well and one challenge with google google have come out on a real offensive in the past couple of years uh to, to, and it made it very difficult and very expensive and very complex um for particularly small business owners at the, at the lower end uh, and the mid end to 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 you know rank highly so it's important to consider a wide approach that's really curious that because Certainly yeah. in the industry that we're in at DMSQD, the design and digital landscape is obviously prevalent to what we do. And mm. so many times we get people through the door that say, listen, guys, I just need to do SEO. Mm. <laughs> and you must hear that all of the time. And it's not—it's just not effective, is it, just to want to do SEO because you feel as if you should be doing SEO. It does need to be part of a bigger strategy and a more integrated approach, doesn't it? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent correct there. And and you know we will have people even you know we'll have people today while we're doing this coming in just asking to do SEO. And the days of just I mean I wouldn't say SEO is is dead. It's absolutely not dead. Um, but it has changed massively, and it becomes more of an integrated approach. And most of our campaigns will not just be purely SEO. There'll be SEO with some paid search, some remarketing, and a more of a more of a package really. And because ultimately we have to recommend what's valuable what's of the best value for the client and SEO has become more expensive and more complex like I mentioned so if you've got a budget of say let's say you've got a budget of £2,000 per month um, it's not a massive budget but it's you know it's a budget um, and if you can spend that on different things and if SEO is not going to give you a, a great return compared to other um, methods then we won't recommend it it's as simple as that and we're not here just to you know kind of smile and take people's money we want to make sure that their investment goes the best possible way so yeah how they use that budget how how the budget is used is a lot different from where it would have been used perhaps five years ago. 
that's a cracking way to segue into the next section, actually, because the crux of the show is to talk about how people listening to this podcast and who are running businesses of their own can actually generate more income and real business from Google and the rest of the search engines out there. Mm-hmm. So just moving on nicely into sort of what search engine optimization is and why it's so important. How has that actually changed then? So what might people believe SEO to be and what is it actually? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's, that's a great question and it's, it's quite interesting that we, we, we're focusing on SEO because SEO, I believe, has now morphed into the, 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 the wider digital marketing landscape. So it doesn't just in, encounter, you know, it doesn't just inter- entertain SEO, it's, it's other uh, elements as well. So traditional SEO, search engine optimization, would be uh, selecting some keywords. So say if you're you know accountancy firm in London, you'd select a load of keywords like accountants, London, corporate accounts, London, tax advisors, London, that kind of stuff. Um, put them on your site. Um, so they're in the titles, on the pages, etc. And then go out and try and get some links from other sites. So you'd probably pay a company to go and build you a number of links uh, from other sites, which are kind of like seen as votes in Google's eyes. So when another site links to you, it's like a vote. And then the, the site with the most votes will be ranked the highest. That's the general idea. Um, so that's the typical previous approach where it's just you know here's the keywords here's my budget i want to rank in the top page of you know of google and that's that nowadays um that's changed massively um and it's not just about keywords it's more about topics um and google with the hummingbird update is looking more at things it's trying to, it's trying to be clever and trying to guess what the user is searching really searching for rather than just taking the keywords and displaying stuff based on keywords so Good example for you is if you, if you have you got an iPhone there, Mark, or a smartphone or something like that. I, what have, do you, I've, I have an iPhone in front of me. Okay, right. Well, no need to do it live on the on the on the sh- on the show because it probably won't work. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but yeah, I mean, I've got a uh, an Android here. But if, for example, you we tried this as well. If you if you, say you're away at a hotel somewhere uh, and you walk out the hotel and you're in London, and it's the morning time, and you go to Google, you type in breakfast. Now, Google will try and figure out what A, where you are, um, B, uh, what you're looking for and what time of day it is potentially, uh, and then we'll, can display stuff that is most contextually relevant to you. So if it's set up correctly, it will actually try and display, uh, for example, you know, like reviews of, lo- of, of, of breakfast joints that are within walking distance. Whereas if you just sat at your computer and you type in breakfast, you might get a Wikipedia page explaining what breakfast is. So it's, it's, it's that kind of context, which is way different. Um, same if you type in Chinese, you know, uh, you know, you might, some people, we try this in the office and on smartphones, some people will get information on the Chinese language. Some people will get information on Chinese takeaways in the local town. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, so Google is kind of moved towards topics and with context. Um, so that's, that's how it's changed really. And, and it's about trying to create content around those topics to be as, as, um, as relevant as possible. That's quite a shift, isn't it? Because you know, when people think even traditionally about SEO and when people actually walk into agencies like you guys, I would imagine that they still believe SEO to be, let's figure out keywords and let's build some links. Is that because of the adoption rate of things like digital marketing and the, the saturation within the general populace? Are people within businesses generally a little bit behind and need educating around these new, for example, the topics and the context side of things? Is that, is that a challenge that you guys face? Yeah, I think people people do need educating, but also as well, I think there's a lot of hot air um, 
comes out in, in the SEO industry. And when I first entered this industry, I, I used to say that 70% of the stuff written online is complete rubbish. And I'd still maintain that. And I would actually say now it's more like 80%. And the reason, I'm not trying to be clever or anything by saying that. The reason I say that is because a lot of the stuff out there is people trying with their trying to promote their own interests, trying, trying to write you know articles to um, gather controversy or, or promote their own interests and own website, um, you know, rather than having the direct hands-on experience. Um, and you, especially in the States where a lot of this, a lot of um, SEO stuff comes from, you've got to really, um, you know, distill what's out there. And that's a skill in itself. Um, so uh, th- don't get me wrong, you know, SEO is, is still about keywords to a point and it is still about links to a point. Um, but that's just one example, you know, with the keywords, the topics, how Google is going and how that may affect things in, in the future. So a typical SEO campaign these days will still contain, you know, keywords. Uh, sorry, will contain, still contain links. Um, and these will have to be sort of high, really high quality links. So it will be less links than before. You know, someone may have built 300 links a month in the past or more. Um, these days, they, they probably won't build more than 20 uh, a month. And it will still... Got, you know, it'll cost them the same amount of money, if not more. Um, so all of our link building now is done on on only high quality pre-approved placements um, that are pre-vetted, that are genuine sites, um, high levels of authority, natural levels of social engagement. Very, very pick and choose way of doing things, and there's a real risk element to it as well. If you just go to Bangladesh, say you say and um, order, you know, pay twenty dollars, and some guy will make you a thousand links. You know that that is not going to do you any favors whatsoever, and that's going to get you in in trouble where you're going to be cleaning up links and fighting, fending off penalties and kind of putting a black cloud over your site for for life. So it's changed hugely uh, in that respect. So it's much more of a risk management exercise, and that that that's quite good. It's filtered out a lot of um, dodgy tactics, um, and it's all about trying to do sustainable work these days. So it takes a little bit longer to get results. It does cost more money. But ultimately, it's the proper job and it will actually affect real change. It's not the quick fixes, is it, that a lot of businesses sadly look for? That, that's it, yeah. It's, that's it. It's not the quick fix. And as long as the customer understands that, it can give you a long-term uh, return, which is stronger than other avenues. Because obviously, like PPC, that's all well and good. But as soon as you turn it off, that's it. You're, you're, you're gone completely. Whereas with SEO, if you can get in a position where, where you know, you're, you're ranking pretty well, then, um, you know, the in theory, if done correctly through this method I'm suggesting, you'll stay there over the long term, uh, even if you, you lower your budget, and um, which is a myth we can come on to actually. Um, <laughs> and and um, and then you're likely to get a return, you know, that could go on for like 24 months or, or longer. So therefore, the overall return is much stronger. And it's it is it's about the about the value from the investment, isn't it? And that uh, you, you just mentioned there about the myths. We are going to come on to some popular myths and mistruths about SEO. So let's let's start with that one. Hit us with that one. What is that myth that you're talking about right there? Yeah, I mean this is this is one uh, that has some truth to it, but I think it's over exaggerated. And I faced this in a in the boredom of a public company um, just last week, actually. Um, and yeah, so when. An SEO company would love to have you believe that as soon as you stop spending with them, um, say you're on a contract, you're paying your money and you're ranking quite well, as soon as you stop spending with them, your rankings are going to shoot down. Uh, you know, from wherever you are, they're going to shoot down because you can't stop. Otherwise, you know, Google's going to you know, take no notice of you and it's all going to be ended and you have to be on this, this ongoing contract. And that's just simply not true. Um, 
And there is an element of truth to it, but it's normally massively exaggerated. Now, if you stop doing links, etc., yeah, it's likely you will slip down gradually if the co- if the competition are, uh, are still pushing. But to say that you're going to you know fly off the first ten pages or something is just is just not true. Um, and you will slip down a little bit. That is true. But uh, I think there's a degree of scare tactics that that you hear quite a lot of there. That's quite a powerful powerful myth to dispel actually because a lot of people certainly in my experience a lot of people do continue with very very low level seo and it's mm. it's something that the investment doesn't warrant a decent return but they're still paying out what to them is a significant amount of money mm. purely because they're scared of losing any rankings that they have so the takeaway from that being look that's not the case guys if you stop your seo contract then theoretically if it's been done properly you should retain that for at least a good solid amount of time, shouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. And the, the one thing I would say is give it the acid test, you know, just just stop your SEO, on, SEO contract and see what happens after three months. Um, if you're still doing the other things like the content and some social uh, elements, I, I don't believe you would see a massive decrease. So, um, you know, I'm not trying to encourage people to, to, you know, just stop contracts left, right and centre. But I just, if someone's persuading, you know, telling you that you, you know, you absolutely must pay this, otherwise, you, you know, everything's going to stop, then, Potentially, they're you know they're they're thinking of themselves there and not the customer. Really, really powerful. Really powerful. Okay, what other myths are out there then? So we see them sort of day in day out. What other popular myths go along with SEO, and what what can people overcome when considering bringing on an SEO company like this? Oh, let me have a, let me have a look on here. Um, yeah, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, yeah. I think I think the biggest one actually is probably an overestimation of the re- expected results and return. Um, so someone will say to you, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll run on these keywords and we'll get you on the front page and you'll be in the top three or whatever, and you'll get, you, you'll get all these sales and that'll be, that'll be great. So, um, but often it's overestimated massively. You know, if you take a search term and, you, and someone will tell you, oh, it's got 10,000 searches a month. And if you get to the front page and the top, you're going to get all these visitors and it's going to translate into all these sales. Now there's a, it's like a, like a chain, like a six part chain. And every element in the chain needs to be really, really strong for, um, for, for to, to get you know a return and to get success. Now, that's why we've done this lead generation because we have then controlled the whole chain. So I'll explain how that works. So we control the website. Uh, we control the conversion rate of the website. So what percentage of people will inquire? We control all of the SEO um, from start to finish. We control all of the paid search as well and any other form of advertising we've got. And the, the content, we control the content to make it as, as best as possible for Google and for the user. And we control the tracking and the analytics as well. So when we control all of that and every link is strong, it works amazingly well. Now, if, if you're doing SEO for a client, even if you get them to the front page and they get quite a lot of traffic, if their site converts poorly, it's still not going to get a return. Um, and even if it converts, you know, kind of the average, which may be like 3%, they still might not get a return from there. So I think there's a real overestimation sometimes with the results. And I think that can come from client side as well. Um, so just think about it before you, um, you know, sign over a massive SEO budget, um, like what actual return are you likely to get? And if you can base that on a small scale to what you're actually seeing already through analytics, then then you're in control then. That's a real dispelling of the old, SEO is a silver bullet myth, that isn't it? That's where mm. a lot of businesses that certainly I've come across in the past have wanted to, again, just simply do SEO because 
people are either telling them that they should do it or they've read a little bit online about how important it is. And as you say, they're not seeing that in context as part of that chain and that buying process or the inquiry process. They're just seeing it as the silver bullet that fixes all of their problems. And it's not, it's not like that, is it? No, exactly, and that's probably the the biggest myth is that being this, you know, being at the top of Google is is only the start, um, and you know it's all the other thing, all the other things as well. So it, you know, it, SEO is part of a of a bigger puzzle now. So that's that you know, SEO is, is not, not by itself. You know, you need the other pieces of the puzzle, and um, you know whether that's you know a great converting site or some really you know a, a succession of good content going on the site or you know an effective and tightly managed kind of paid search campaign as well. Um, you know, you kind of need all of them things really, and you need to track them and manage them well. I think people are realizing that, but there's also the, um, you know, there's also a lot of customers that aren't and, and that, that's fine because, you know, you can still get a benefit from SEO, of course. How does social media fit into that entire mix and how does the emerging trend of people tweeting and, you know, being on Facebook as a business, how does that tie into search these days? Um, yeah, it's it, it's uh, it's very important. Um, it's very important. Actually, there's a report that's just been uh, released. Uh, this is one for you all to read uh, from a company called Search Metrics. Which uh, have you heard of them? Or? Yeah, I have yeah, uh, Search Metrics. Yeah, yeah. So they make a. Um, I think they're a German-based company. They make a big, uh, a very good tool, and they've created a, a white paper report which has just come out uh, in the last week or two. Um, of the ranking factor or correlation and ranking factors where they've analyzed you know goodness knows how many sites and picked the, the things that are most important and um, one of the things that's most important uh, one of the things that's most important is um, social media so out of all of the top items social media comes up hugely um, things like Facebook shares uh, even Pinterest pins I think is on there and other things so it is massively important and it is something that Google is looking at now the way I see it is, is you kind of you could say maybe it's 40 percent links, thirty percent um, social media, thirty percent content is is kind of like the magic magic number I would say roughly. Uh, I mean you could argue you know different things, but roughly speaking, if, if you need to be looking at things like that now, um, that's what the links is probably where you perhaps want to go to an agency because they're difficult to get, time consuming, and if you don't if you're not set up properly, um, then yeah you're just gonna absorb a lot of your time and then the content you could also do it in agency as well but you can do in-house and social media again you know in-house or agency if you do those three things together um well then that that's kind of what google is looking for in 2014 so the whole picture to come out of that is that really to leverage search a lot more effectively than perhaps people used to is by taking a more integrated and specifically more holistic approach to everything that they create online is that a fair assessment of that yeah, definitely, definitely. It really, it really is, and um, it really is. And also, you know, Google have—you don't want to be too reliant just on Google as your traffic source because you've seen what they what they've done in the past two years. And I'm not trying to paint a picture of doom and gloom, but I mean, Money Supermarket had to post an earnings uh, warning um, due to due to this. Other, you know, everyone else, small business owners, <laughs> you know, have had their own earnings issues to deal with because of because of because of Google. So you need to be looking at traffic from different sources as well. So it it has become very uh, integrated. And you know, if you're only relying purely on SEO, um, then you know you're kind of a bit behind the times, I would say. And I think it, it's a, it's a, it's a more um, it's a more integrated approach, definitely. That's extremely valuable, I think, that for listeners out there. And when you when you consider the role that Google plays in many, many businesses and 
if you were to equate that to a, a bricks and mortar kind of business or an on the road salesperson, it's very, very rare that you'd put your trust in one person, one salesperson or one particular sales stream. However, in the past, people have just given that role to Google without any forethought of what might happen if Google was affected in any way. And it's an amazing split because you wouldn't do that with a salesperson, but yet people do do it with Google, which I find mystifying, I have to admit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you've got different elements in, in people go on Google. Of course, it's, it is hugely important. It's massively important. Don't get me wrong. And, and you do need to be there. But there's other things. I mean, you know, Facebook, people spend hours on Facebook every single day. And I know Facebook advertising doesn't, you know, you could argue that it doesn't work for a lot of people, but if you remarket to people over Facebook, that does work. Um, and like YouTube, we run YouTube ads remarketing. Um, and you know, like native advertising is a huge thing. Have you seen the sort of sponsored content? Have you seen, when you're looking on a new site, have you seen the little icons that say "all oh, sponsored story" and stuff like that? Maybe you have or you haven't. Um, yeah, I've seen that on a few sites actually recently. A lot of uh, very prominent bloggers and and sort of as you say, news websites, current affairs websites are now doing, as you say, more advertorial style content, but in the true sense of actually writing an article about it, aren't they? Let's, let's talk about that for a second. How can, how can someone working as, at a business owner level leverage the native content kind of trend? I think um, it depends how much time you've got, but it's worth coming to a, It's worth potentially speaking to an agency uh, to, to help you. Otherwise, you might be trying to you know, chomp away at something that, that could take you a lifetime to do. But um, yeah, I mean, native advertising is, is a huge thing. Uh, we generate, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of leads. Uh, so not just traffic, you know, we don't, we're not interested in traffic. We're only interested in leads and, and, the, and the revenue that comes from that. So we generate, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of leads purely through native advertising. Um, and the, we, we do that in a number of ways. I'm not going to tell the, the, um, uh, Every secret, though, because there, <laughs> there's certain people out there that I know would love to copy it. <laughs> uh, um, but essentially, yeah, creating high-quality content um, placements and high-quality content sites. You can create whole sites um, and then advertising on, you know, use networks like Taboola and Outbrain and stuff like that. People will click on an advert, go to a, um, you know, go, go to an online news uh, article and then potentially move on to another site where they can then inquire it doesn't work for everyone and it, uh, and, it, and it only works in certain industries. But when it does work, it works really well. Now, this is a new thing and there's massive amounts of traffic available. Um, these networks are absolutely huge. I think Taboola has got something like 3 billion impressions per day. Wow. So it's absolutely massive. Um, huge throughout the UK, you know, enormous in the US. And because it's so big and because it's relatively early adopter, the click costs are much lower. The click costs are much lower. So whereas on Google pay-per-click you might be paying you know two pounds a click with native you could pay 30 pence a click um so you can see how that can stack up and that's is that a trend that you see continuing to to generate traffic and ultimately generate leads and business or is it is it is it something that is more of a fad or is it here to stay it's not a fad um it's not it doesn't work for everyone um, especially, you know, things like business to business is unlikely to work. Mm -hmm. It's more mass market consumer products. So things I know works quite well in things like life insurance, you know, some of the dirty stuff like weight loss as well, a little bit, um, uh, you know, home improvement. We use it for home improvements, stuff like that. Um, 
so uh, it's definitely here to stay. And if you look at the um, projections for these companies that, are, that own these networks, they're growing faster than almost any other thing on the planet. Um, and that, that's testament. And also a lot of the larger agencies, so I hear anyway, are still trying to figure this stuff out and think, you know, where does it actually fit? What is it? How can we use it? So it is here to stay. Um, and it's an early adopter. One network we use, we started using it only uh, two weeks uh, after it was out which is, you know, we're really pleased about that because that sort of shows you where we feel that we are in terms of cutting edge. And, you know, we've put loads of money through that uh, network now and, and it generates, continues to be one of our best lead sources. That's a really good picture of the whole SEO landscape. There. I think that's so valuable to people who are perhaps sat there thinking, well, listen, I've been burnt by SEO in the past. I've perhaps met someone at a networking event who has sold me a couple of hundred pound a month package. And, <laughs> you know, we, we've all seen that happen. And, SEO has become it's become the, the the black art, the dark art, the dirty word for a lot of businesses. So, Tom, I think what you've done there is just demystify a heck of a lot for a lot of people and actually put some confidence back into that industry, which I think is huge for people. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think it's, it's an integrated approach. And yeah, people need to perhaps stop thinking about SEO as a word by itself, but you know, online marketing, digital marketing, what they're doing with their overall online marketing. And if they've got a certain budget, how's that best spent? Um, things like remarketing. I mean, do you, do you know much about remarketing? Or I do indeed, yeah. But tell the, tell the listeners what remarketing is. And I, uh, I, I should mention at this point that consistently on YouTube, I see Osea adverts. <laughs> so, take that a bit further. Tell the listeners out there who might not be familiar with it what remarketing is. So remarketing, and, and, and not everyone, a lot of people will say they hate it, um, but there's ways to, to mitigate that. Um, but anyway, remarketing is, you've probably had the experience when you've been you know, you've been on Amazon, you've been looking at perhaps a new kettle or something uh, exciting like that, and then um, you notice that um, for the days afterwards, this kettle was following you around on various adverts uh, on other sites. So, or, or you've been on a, you know, you've been on a certain website, and then you adverts from that website are suddenly following you around everywhere. Uh, anyone who's been on our website would have that experience, probably very annoyed, <laughs> annoyed by it by now. Um, so that's called remarketing. Uh, and it's very effective because, um, I, I don't know who said it, but you know, they say that you need like seven touches um, of a, of a, with a brand before you would then take an action. Um, so that's why you know, people will advertise on TV and then they may uh, send an email, they may be on Facebook, various things. So... Um, that's what remarketing is, is, is running these ads to people who have already visited your site. So they already know about your business and um, it's really good. So it's, it's more effective than cold advertising. Again, doesn't have to cost very much to do. It's, it's done on a pay-per-click basis and you can pay like 20 pence a click, so next to nothing. And you can do it very cleverly nowadays through YouTube and through Facebook. So, um, you know, we've got a YouTube video that we use and that, that is remarketed to people that visit our site in front of videos. So the annoying adverts in front of videos, that, that is ours sometimes for people who have visited our site. And generally we find, to get a little stat for you, uh, we find that it generates leads at a, normally at about a 50% cost per lead, uh, cost per conversion than traditional cold advertising. So if, you're, if you're, it's costing you, say, £40 per, uh, per conversion, uh, for your website per inquiry and if you do remarketing and it's set up properly then you should be looking around the 20 pound mark and that's what we consistently tend to see that's extremely powerful then isn't it so yeah anyone that's anyone that perhaps hasn't looked into remarketing via their agency or throughout their own curiosity certainly dig into that because I've noticed it myself as a consumer when I am on YouTube or wherever it really does grab your attention it makes you think okay right 
can I take this action any further? So yeah, remarketing, wildly popular. I'm, I'm seeing that everywhere and I'm sure everyone else is as well. It's it's really good, and um, uh, like for example, my father he thinks that uh, he thinks that we advertise on the Daily Mail and like Telegraph and everywhere, you know. But obviously we don't. But he's just being remarketed to all the time. So um, you know, it's it's massively effective. Okay, so we've covered well, we've covered the landscape of SEO as we mentioned earlier, and no doubt there are people sat there thinking, right, okay, what can I now do? How can I take this forward? What action can I take based on Excellence Expected? This interview with Tom, what can I do? So Tom, I know you've been working on three takeaways for people, haven't you? And ways of giving advice and little actionable tips that people can actually use in their SEO strategy. So what have you got for the audience today? Yeah, so um, I'm just sort of thinking about this really. And and the first thing I would say is, um, number one is consider an integrated approach. Uh, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but you know, if you've got a certain budget that you want to spend on online marketing, you've got to think about how you're going to spread that budget across different things. Um, don't put your eggs all in one basket, like what you were saying. You know, don't just trust this one salesman. You know, you you want to uh, you you want to spread your efforts and determine what what works best. Um, <clears throat> so you know, maybe a, a campaign might look like you do some SEO, uh, you do some remarketing and you do some um, kind of pay-per-click stuff and then maybe uh, some content and social as well. So rather than four years ago, you just purely be doing SEO, um, from from now, you you know, you might be doing five different activities. So that's something to really kind of sit down and, and speak to your marketing guys about. Okay, so it's, it's taking a more holistic and integrated approach and that's the first key takeaway really. So guys, if you sat there listening and thinking, how can I implement this? Have a chat with your agency or, you know, get in touch with people like Tom and chat about how you can approach the wider digital marketing landscape. Really good advice. And number two on the list, sir? Well, one, one thing I'd add to that, if you don't mind, just, just quickly, if, if, if you do speak to your agency and they're only um, really focused on offering kind of one solution, so say they say, oh, no, 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 you just want to do SEO, SEO is the best, then there's probably saying that because of their margin on SEO might be a little bit better than perhaps some of the other stuff. So I'd watch out for that uh, as well because it's obviously more profitable to, to sell some items than, than other items for an agency. So if, you're, you know, if they're trying to lead you down one, then that might be something to, to raise your concerns about. That's very useful as well, just having that, having the awareness that services may cost different things because a lot of the time you do feel as if you're just paying for consultancy and it's perhaps a flat fee depending, sorry, a flat fee regardless of what you buy, whether it's social media or pay-per-click or SEO. So that's really valuable to know that SEO actually might end up costing you guys more. Exactly, yeah. Um, so the second tip I would say is to, uh, is to set a content calendar. Um, so what this means is you would literally, I mean, creating content is a huge part of things nowadays. And as I said, maybe like 30%, you could argue. Um, the, the thing where everyone falls down is just consistency. Now, it's not, it's not um, difficult to write, um, you know, content pieces or put out content pieces, but we all, we see it tail off time and time again. So uh, I would just advise writing a content calendar and it's just something simple in Excel. So put the weeks on the left-hand side and then just write, you know, how many pieces are going to be generated, what they are and what the titles are going to be and plan it out and make sure it's adhered to. That alone will put you uh, in front of, you know, a good portion of your competitors and it's what, you know, Google are looking for. And, and again, it's just the consistency is the, is the key there. That's really really something that a lot of people struggle with as well because it's it's a new thing isn't it it's having to integrate that into someone's job role within a business and making sure like you say it's adhered to and it's, it's actually done have you been evacuated tom 
<laughs> no, we're not. No, that's a uh, that's a test fire alarm. So there's no uh, no uh, immediate worry there. Don't worry, listeners. No <laughs> need to phone any kind of emergency <laughs> services. We're all good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just back to the content point. That um, it, it's something that I think everyone struggles with, and even myself. Who I mean, I run a blog, I run a website, I run an agency, and man, trying to fit content in sometimes is so so difficult because you feel as if it's perhaps not as important as that call with that client or a meeting with that person or sending a bill out or whatever that may be. So that's... It always gets dropped. It does indeed. You're absolutely right. So creating a calendar for that is such a powerful tool. People people come in with, you know, kind of oceans of enthusiasm about what content they're going to write and it really flies for the first couple of weeks. And then, you know, three weeks later, it's completely dead. And I've seen that, you know, probably, I don't know, 50 times. It's the uh, it's the gym membership of of business, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, and um, you know, it sounds very cool to get this content, you know, calendar and plan in place. But then when you've actually got to sit down there and write it and generate it, people are just saying ah, you know, or just get you know roped into something else. So that's that's a key thing. So create a content calendar and stick to it. That's a superb yeah. tip. All right, and number three. Uh, number three. So that we would say and. Um, this is uh, I discussed this actually with uh, one of the senior guys here, and uh, this would be to to basically when you're looking at links from an SEO perspective, which are a huge part of it, um, really take a focus on making sure you've got a strong but a very clean link profile. Uh, and what we mean by that is that to the various links that you have pointing towards your website, you need to make sure that they they look very natural and they're in order and they they, they do not look spammy uh, and you're not trying to manip- manipulate Google. Um, and there's a massive thing that Google have come down on very, very hard in the last two years and they will continue to, to come down on it through their Penguin algorithm, which, which tightens itself every few months. Um, so... That's a key thing to look at. Now, you can use a, a little tool takeaway here called, uh, called Majestic. So I think it's www.majesticseo.com. Um, it's got a free version, but there's an inexpensive um, paid version as well. It's like £35 a month or something. And you can it's like an x-ray machine. So you put your website in, and you can x-ray the, the types of links that you've got pointing, uh, pointing towards it. Um, and this is really, really useful because you can see uh, what kind of anchor tech is, where your links come from. And, you know, I've seen 300 million pound companies with, uh, you know, with links coming from them, uh, from, you know, Bangkok and, you know, all sorts of interesting, <laughs> interesting sites, you know. Um, and by, looking, by being aware of this, you'll, you'll save yourself so many problems in the long, in the long run. And how might someone, if, if someone uses Majestic SEO and, and finds out that their link profile is a little um, a little questionable, how might you start going about cleaning that up then? Is it a real genuine manual process to go through that? It can be a bit of a mission and it depends It depends on a few factors. But yeah, so you, you basically, um, A, I would, you know, I would uh, say be worried, but you do want to be put it to quite a high level on your uh, priorities list. Um, you would... Firstly, there's a, there's another free piece of software called Google Webmaster Tools, which probably a lot of you have got. Um, and I would make sure that your site's registered for that because that's like a diagnostic thing that Google provide. So if there is a big issue with your site, um, if there's a big issue with your site, then um, then it can it will, sometimes they'll actually send you a message, um, which you don't really want these messages, believe me. Uh, but um, if they say uh, you know you've got unnatural links or something, then they'll actually direct you how to clean it up. So. To clean it, to clean it up, you need to do, you need to document all links. Um, and again, to be honest with you, it's probably worth seeing a reputable agency to do. And I, I use the word reputable very strongly there uh, to help you because 
uh, most people I've seen trying to do it themselves have failed. Uh, probably only 10% of people I've seen trying to do it themselves have, have, have actually succeeded. And only after taking six times as long as an agency to do it. Just very briefly, how, how we do it is we use four tools um, to document the links. And we, we get all of the links listed and put into Excel. So every single link. Uh, so the, we, we use four tools to make sure we don't miss anything. And even then, occasionally you can miss something. Um, and then we would grade the links by their relevance, their level of strength, their spamminess, and a few other factors. And then from there, you can actually send a file to Google to tell them to actually block these links um, and you can we, we contact some of the site owners as well because um, you have to put in some effort before doing a, what's called a disavow with Google so it's a long process um, and and yeah we, we've fixed, we've fixed over a hundred here and we, we kind of do it on a sort of fixed fee as well and and we, we're, we're very confident we can fix the certain manual issues with these so we actually tend to offer like a, a pay once it's done scenario to sort of take the risk away but that's kind of how it works so tip number three is keep a very, very, very clean link profile and head over to MajesticSEO.com and use Google Webmaster Tools just to start to profile that a little bit further. Mm. Tom, that is such good advice. That is such a good, actionable, value-filled episode. I think there's uh, there's a hell of a lot in there that people can use and they can actually put into practice from today to to affect some positive change in their, not only their SEO, as we've said, it's, it's more about the entire digital marketing suite, isn't it? So before we wrap up, just tell people where they can find you online, sir. Yeah, great. Um, so you can find our company at osair.com, which is www.osair.com, which is spelt O-C-E-R-E. Um, and also you can uh, you can find me. My name is Tom Parling, which is P-A-R-L-I-N-G. Uh, on Twitter, it's just at Tom Parling. Um, and yeah, you can you can find us through there. Tom, thank you very much. It's been a real, real pleasure. It's such a, such a good episode that. Thank you so much. Excellent. Well, no, thanks so much, uh, Mark, and it's a really exciting uh, podcast. And I look forward to hearing all the others back as well. We will have you back on as well, sir. We will keep in touch on this one because I'm sure there's much, much more we can talk about. So, uh, listen, guys, thank you so much for listening. It's been a real pleasure chatting to Tom and chatting to you guys out there. If you do enjoy the show, please head on over to iTunes and give us a very, very nice review. I'm sure you would love to do that for us. And by all means, head on over to excellence-expected.com where you can check out not only the show notes for this and all of the other episodes, but you can also download a copy of my free ebook, which will teach you how to get some of the time back that we all lose through a lack of productivity. Until next time, guys, remember the more you expect from yourself, the more you'll excel. See you soon.